Magoni's a goal scorer. What about Dante? Dante's his own breed. Give me two seconds, Eichel and Svetch, and I'll be coming at your neck. Richard Zednick, laugh past the breadstick, or Tammy will bury. Send him on his merry way, lest it's on carry. What's sadder than KK's broken spleen? Leafs fan with hopes and dreams. Rick Moose is back for season three with hot takes like you wouldn't believe. I'll block shots. I rescind that. You've never blocked a shot for me. Now let's turn it over to the host of the show. His character's high, but his skill level's low. Kid back checks like you don't even know. Championship flow, Jonathan Quick is a schmo. Yeah. Oh, hello there. Tis the season. Last year was like treason. Stanley Cup, or like a COVID cup. The year of Cooper was more a big blooper, like Ferris Bueller in a brand new cruiser. Now my car is a star, moves like a sports car He can sauce like a boss and crisscross like Art Ross He's peanut butter smooth like Quinn Hughes And a work of art like that upstart Carter Hart Mmm, that's good kokanee right there So in comes Keith, will the boys be Leaf? Can Jumbo Joe and Austin Smoe avoid another repeat? It's time to start the show, so turn up the stereo Put your feet up, relax, enjoy a Bud Light Jack Hello, hockey fans. Oh, from the United States to Newfoundland. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, as always, Nick Costa, and welcome to season three, episode three of the Rink Moose Hockey Podcast, a episodic podcast where two good friends get together, whoa, and discuss all things NHL and their implications in the fantasy hockey Universe. universe i of course like i said i'm nick cost you wow with this annoying schmuck <laughs> kyle nice kyle how are you doing on this second night of nhl action well i can't complain uh, after all i am a brand new rangers fan now which is a new thing for me it's like uh, it feels like the start of a new job you know you got that early job jitters so uh, I'm doing all right, but uh, we, we got another guy. Uh, Let me introduce him. Yeah. Um, geez, where's my phone? <laughs> you forgot your name. No, I know his <laughs> name. I want, I want his fantasy name. <laughs> Sorry to oh, I know the what crowd it is. in suspense here. Oh, yeah. Joining us in the rotating third chair. <laughs> Returning guest. On Yahoo Fantasy, they call him Hot Couturier, <laughs> Michael Robson, ladies and gentlemen, wow. is joining us for the first time in a couple mics, uh, months. How are you doing uh, tonight, Mike? I'm doing really well. Thank you for having me. Usually when I'm on, it's to talk about prospects and, and drafting, uh, but with mm -hmm. junior leagues postponed around, uh, around the world and me not having the ability to you know, stay up to watch European games, or tune into them because I'm in classes. Um, yeah, I'm excited to be talking some NHL tonight. Mm. Yeah, uh, Michael is smack out of a trial advocacy course in which Ooh. he was watching the Ranger game. Oh, no. So, <laughs> you know, he's, he's had a lot to digest the last hour, and now he's here joining us on the show. Now, now I'd be remiss if I didn't ask, Mike. Uh, we had Josh on for the preview show last week. He kind of gave us uh, some hints as to what he was up to in our draft. 
Our draft is, of course, over now. What do you make of your fantasy team? Well, I have to say that after listening to, to a fair amount of the fantasy draft special last week, I thought I was prepared. I was ready to go into it. Oh, we didn't get him ready. I made the tactical error of listening to the guys I was drafting against, which means that, oh, of course, boy. my strategy is going to be stolen by those guys in the draft. Right. So I get into draft night, and I, we're in a – we're in a league with four goalie categories. Um, so shutouts, GAA, save percentage, and wins. So goalies are important. Josh, you know, he's kept Vasilevsky and Rask. So two of the top guys are off the table. So I've got my eyes on Bennington and Hart in, mm. I think, the third or fourth round. And it gets to my picks. And I see Freezer Tart, I see Hart, and I see the Goop Troop. And I swear, coming off the board, at least two of those guys – took Bennington and Carter Hart. Then we get around to later you're, you're, you're in the talking draft. To him. And, you're talking and, and to Kyle, both of them. the Avs Shit. fan, took Grubauer two picks before I had him lined up. So oh boy. I'm feeling I'm feeling a little a little frustrated, but otherwise I I like my team outside of the goalies, uh, but in a four category goalie league, I think I'm going to need to win every other category per week and that's a tough sell. You know what the problem there is, Mike? That's what happens when great minds think alike. <laughs> and then your draft order just happens to fuck you. Yeah. You know, like uh, I, I did the show, obviously, with with Josh and Nick. And those two, I noticed, were always kind of bagging me right before my pick as well. So and then and then your, you, you know, your Kucherov pick, which was brilliant. I had him pegged for my very next pick as well. And I was like, that darned Michael. <laughs> so again, great minds think alike. And that's that's what happens. Like mock drafts will never do it for you. Mock drafts will never simulate like nine hockey minds, like proper hockey minds in a draft. It's just, it's not the same. Yeah. And, and let me call you out, Mike. <laughs> of, all of, of everybody in our league, you fucked me the most on draft night. Ooh. I, I wanted Mitch Marner. You took him right before I was going to take him. I wanted Mark Stone. You took Mark Stone. I wanted Morgan Riley. You took Morgan Riley. Uh, You had my number. Jamie Benn. I wanted him too. So your team, in my mind, is the one I'm most, like I'm salivating the most over. Like you got, like, like. I like my team. I, I like it. It's a great team. In, in a league with four goalie categories, carrying Carey Price, Elvis Merzlikens, and John Gibson is not necessarily a recipe for success. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and you made that trade with Josh to move down in round one. So was Marner oh. always your guy? Like, did, did you always have a mindset Marner is going to drop to the end of the first? Well, so I, I looked at the way that our first round was structured because this is my first time doing a keeper league. Um, yeah. And I, fi- I honestly, I'm shocked that uh, Joe kept Austin Matthews because he had first pick. So I, I would have thought he would have not protected Austin because he would be guaranteed to pick him right oh, off the bat. Oh, that's brilliant. I never um, thought of that. Like, that's a mistake. Yeah. That is a mistake by Joe. So, um, when, when I saw how many people kept their first round picks from last year, I figured, okay, I'm either picking second in the first round or third or fourth. 
if I do this right. trade with Josh. And honestly, I had Ovi last year. I think Ovechkin's a great fantasy player, but in a shortened season where streaks are everything, I wasn't entirely convinced that he would be as effective as he's been in year, years past. Still probably a first-round pick, still one of the top players in fantasy, but I, I didn't want to lock myself in, in on him. So I figured if I traded back mm. as a Leafs fan, Mitch Marner was available um but ultimately the guys i had targeted in the first couple rounds i got in mitch marner and victor hedman and so i was perfectly happy to make the trade i know there's some controversy around trading the keeper pick in the second round um Mm -hmm. but once we got past that and sort of uh changed up the trade a little bit i i was perfectly happy to trade back a couple spots Mm -hmm. fair enough uh kyle you have anything to say about the draft? Any final thoughts before we move on to the topic of the show? Well, I just think that a common sentiment is there's a lot of parity this year amongst teams. And I think this is going to be our tightest race yet wow. in, uh, in our draft, in our fantasy history or mine in particular. So like, I don't know where this is going. I really do. I can't picture any sort of faller or the guy who's going to be clearly last. Like, like Joe stepped up his game this year. Hopefully he's active this year, you know, but you know what you mentioned, that's a great strategy there. He shouldn't have kept Matthews. He could have had a whole different elite player. Very and Matthews. Point. Yeah. I never even, that went right over my head. So I, I next time I talk to Joe, I'm going to tell him exactly that you blew it. My friend, you blew it. Yeah. And, I mean, and yeah, go on. Oh, just like, I, I think Matthews is a top five fantasy player this year. Like he didn't score in the opener, but I, I think he goes on to have a great year. Um, but sure. there's no risk to exposing your first round pick when you pick first overall. Exactly. Yep. Um, and yeah, speaking of parody to Kyle's point, another point is it's only a 13 week season. So every week <clears throat> counts just like every game counts in this short 56 game season. Yeah. You can't muck up. You can't get swept to, to nothing. No, you're, that, that could spell disaster. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting. And we will provide periodic updates to the Rink Moose fans who are always curious yeah. over the fate of Kyle's fantasy teams. Oh, they love it. <laughs> the soap opera that it is. They Seemingly it. every year it's a soap opera. <laughs> yeah. But well, I find, I, I find, Today, sorry, just last yeah. point, I find with fantasy no matter how much you love your team to start, there's always one guy who takes your ire as the year goes on, you know, and, and there's somebody who mm-hmm. usually performs like decently well, but not as well as you expected. Um, but that's, that's always the fun ones I find. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and you're so trigger happy to make moves early. Like, like I see uh, Kane with a bad game, like game one. And now I'm like, oh my God, who can I package him for? You know, it's <laughs> like, we all have to settle down and like really settle into what our teams are going to be. Cause like, we're not going to know for like a couple of weeks what we have in front of us. So mm-hmm. it's all just pretty messed up given the timelines, but we'll see what happens. Well, speaking of seeing what happens, Ooh, let's make our predictions. For this upcoming season, we have to do it as annually Kyle and I do. We usually do a season preview. We predict each division one by one. A little bit of a different format this time. 
Um, no star players, no storyline, no breaking it down as methodically as that. We got a lot of teams to break down. We got three different opinions to give on each team. So we're kind of going to shotgun these. You know, we can have healthy debate, but uh, wow, we're going to have to make quick work of these, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. So without further ado, I think we got to start with the North Division. Oh, you want to start? You want to start hot? I think so. Okay. I think this will probably let's get hot. Probably lead to the most, you know, controversy. <clears throat> yeah. And I, I think we owe it to this division. And, and, and sorry, I misspoke. It's the Scotia NHL North Division. I got to get right on these brand names. You certainly. That's don't. what I was. That's why I was taking so much time before the show. Oh my god! Because I had to get all these brand names. So Scotia NHL North Division, Toronto Maple Leafs, Montreal Canadiens, Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks, Winnipeg Jets, Edmonton Oilers, Ottawa Senators. Would you slow the hell down here? Okay. Go again. Slower. Okay. Everyone knows what teams are in this division. It's the Canadian teams. I know, but... Right? Yeah. Okay. So... Rank number seven, as we always do, bottom to top. I thought you were ranking them just now. That's why I said slow. No, no, okay, no, good, no. good. I was like, "What the fuck is Come this? On. I don't even know what you're Come talking on. about." One by one. Yes, we exactly. Like to dramatic fashion. Thank you. So, uh, given he is the guest, I will open the floor to Michael Whoa. Robson. Whoa! All right. Responsibility huge. This is number seven, a huge Mike. Honor. I'll, uh... Who you got? Well, um, this this might surprise people, but number seven, I have the Winnipeg Jets. No! Uh, I, I think Hellebuck is a great goaltender, but in the past he's been propped up by fantastic defenses. And although I have a lot of faith in Paul Maurice, I just think that this is the year where depth and especially de- defensive depth can play a huge role. And I think they're still recovering from losing Bufflin, Truba and Myers a couple years ago. So I have them, I have them, you know, one injury away from being, from blowing up and I hope they prove me wrong, but I have Winnipeg seventh. Should I go? Go ahead. Number seven, I'll go boring. I'll say Ottawa senators. Much improved. Going to be a really great, fun team to watch. Uh, Stutzel is going to be great to watch. I, ev- everyone's going to be talking about Brady Kachuk versus uh, Matthew Kachuk. It seems like it's just an inevitable storyline. Uh, and then, you know what? We've got Shabbat. We've got interesting Matt Murray. What happens there? I think he'll be, uh, he'll be in for a bit of a shock with that defense. But uh, they'll be better. They'll be competitive. But they're seventh for me. Number seven for me, Ottawa Senators. Hmm. A first power play with Josh Norris, Drake Batherson, and Evgeny Dadanov is not going to finish above seventh. It's not good enough. Um, I like the New Jerseys. I like Tim Stutzel. I think he's going to be great playing with what looks like an older line with uh, Derek Stepan as the center. Mm. But all in all, I mean, I look at the defense. 
until their new prospect uh, comes up. His name eludes me right now. Oh, Brandstrom. No. Oh, the American. Uh, uh, Sanderson. Sanderson. Until Sanderson's there, until, uh, you know, the one you just mentioned is up there. I just don't see a Christian Lalanne and Josh Brown, Mike Riley, Nikita Zaitsev, bottom four, carrying the load. It's, yeah. it's, it's too weak. They're just happy to be there. Mm-hmm. They're going to fight hard every game, and that's it. So Ottawa number seven. Right. So, yeah, uh, I think the natural pick next for me at number six is Ottawa. And for all the reasons you guys mentioned, I think that they're playing with house money and they go out there and they surprise teams on some nights. Um, I agree. They don't have the depth to be successful this year uh, beyond surprising. But I think a second line of Tim Stutzel, Stepan, and Dadanov will be an exciting one to watch. And I think they're going to play fast, physical hockey, and end up finishing above the Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. Number six for me might be come to a bit of a surprise, but I have the Calgary Flames. Yeah. Um, this one, I, to be honest, I, I just don't like the Flames. There's something about that core that doesn't scream, uh, you know, a, a passionate, strong core. And I just think they're going to have, in a division where there's a lot of pure skill around them, uh, I think they're going to get uh, into some scoring trouble. And I just think this is a, a year where the Johnny Gaudreau's, the Sean Monahans of the world, have a breakdown, and then we're going to see some big changes in Calgary. That's just the way I see things going. And um, other than that, their defense, I don't mind their defense. I think it's a great defense, but uh, I just like the potency of the other teams a bit more, and I'll have them sixth here. Number six, a shocker. Oh, The Edmonton Oilers oh. are going to finish sixth this year. Wow. And it pains me to say it, because I only want this team to succeed. I only want them to get better. I only want young Connor to be happy. Yeah. But just watching that game last night against Vancouver, if there's one thing Nick stresses in Nick style hockey, it's defensive accountability, defensive awareness. And this team just lacks it. Um, just what, and they're missing Clefbaum. He's out for the year. They replace him with Pisonberry, who, yes, should be a power play guru. He should help. However, he's not going to help on the back end. We saw that, oh. you know, being a Toronto fan last year, he's not going to solve that problem. I don't think a Slater Cuckoo's going to help. I don't think a Caleb Jones can just insert him and become a top four defenseman all of a sudden. Is Ethan Bear ready? I know lots of people are high on him. I still haven't seen enough. I just don't believe enough in the defense. And then the even bigger glaring hole is at the goaltending position. I mean, they still have the Koskinen contract. It reeks. And, of course, your other goalie, I don't know why he's still there. But uh, (laughs) Mike Smith's just got to (laughs) go. And if you've listened to the show a while, you'd know how I feel about him. Uh, This team, from the back end, from the goaltending position... I just, there's only so much Dave Tippett can do. And hell, we talked about it being a breaking point in Calgary. This might be a breaking point at Edmonton. If things go awry, like I'm predicting, I don't know how long Connor's going to want to stick around. So Ooh. this will be intriguing. Ooh. And, and 
like I, I don't hate them. I just think with those deficits, they don't reach the level of any of the teams I have at one to five. So there you go. Yeah. Um, for a lot of the same reasons, it's why I have them at five. I know you're not supposed to judge based on the early season. We talked about that in fantasy, but uh, I think Vancouver was a team that had a lot of question marks for me. And I know it's the first game of the season, but last night they came out and showed that between Edmonton and Vancouver, Vancouver's the better team. And so all of a sudden that has me asking, who else does Edmonton finish over in this division? They're going to beat out a Toronto, a Montreal, a Vancouver, a Calgary. And I just, I don't have them doing that. So I have them finishing fifth as well. For number five, for me, I will go Winnipeg Jets. Um, I would really love to see them in the playoffs. Uh, They're a really lovable team. Uh, I do predict predict Shifley to have a monstrous season. I I really wanted to draft him and I was considering trading for him. Uh, I think... From what I can see on the daily faceoff here, he's on both power play units, which is really interesting, or or a typo, Shifley. Oh, wow. Uh, or a typo, perhaps, but uh, I think he's got all the makings to have a career high uh, in pacing, that is. Um, another prediction I have there is I think Line A is going to play great amongst all this trade talk, and I think some of those rumors will fizzle out as, as the year goes, goes along. Not going to be traded this year. Uh, Hellebuck is not going to be as good as last year and that will be the Achilles heel uh, he just can't do it over again like he did before um, otherwise this team would be in the playoffs um, they're a team that's you know got v- Vili Hainala on the rise and that kind of thing but uh, it's just not their year this year but they'll be a really fun team to watch number five and I will segue right from there and say I have Winnipeg at five as well I think Paul Maurice will coach the hell out of this team. Connor Hellebuck <clears throat> will stop as many pucks as he, can, as he can. And they will fall just short on the final game of the season oh. to make the playoffs. It'll yeah. be crushing. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, I, I just like the leadership on this team. I like to bet on leadership. And I like Shifley. I like Wheeler. Um, I like Hellebuck. He's a much more competent goalie than what Ottawa has in net and miles ahead of what Edmonton has. And that, to me, speaks volumes. Um, so I like their depth. Even Kyle Connor and Ehlers, you have them buried on the second and third line. Uh, Andrew Kopp. The defense is suspect, and that's why I can't put them in the playoffs. Um, like, I, I don't even know who... Pionk is. I was Come I was on. talking about this on the show last week. Like, don't be like that. Why is this guy appointed the top power play guy? Like, what has he done? But I digress. <laughs> they got enough pieces to give a fight, but I don't see them getting in. So Winnipeg at five. What What's your hot take, by the way? You said you had a hot take on Winnipeg. Oh yeah, I I, I think Shifley is going to pace for a hundred points. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 82 game, you know, spread, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess now we're getting into the nitty gritty with the playoff teams. Um, Yeah. So my first playoff team at number four, I have the Vancouver Canucks. I still think, despite how good they looked in the first game uh, yesterday, that there's just too many questions, too many uncertainties after all the change they went through this offseason. 
for me to really feel good about them finishing higher than fourth. But I think mm-hmm. they showed a certain drive and determination against Edmonton last night that will transfer throughout a full 56-game season. Uh, I really like their top six. I think Hoglander might not have the production that Vancouver, uh, the Canucks subreddit or Vancouver Canucks Twitter is expecting, <laughs> but I think he's going to have a good season. Um, yeah, I, I like their top six. Uh, defensively, they've got some guys back there who could surprise, could disappoint, but I think overall, the only reason I have them fourth is just because for every addition they made, there was a subtraction, and it's just it's mm-hmm. not so much that I don't believe in them. It's just that I want to wait and see. Right. Number four, I have the Edmonton Oilers. And I, I don't disagree with anything you guys said. The only thing I'll, I'll kind of defend myself with is I think this team will outscore those glaring issues. Uh, they just have so much incredible talent with those two players. Uh, it's a team, I will say, if they were in the playoffs, they'd be ousted in round one but I could see them definitely making it. I, I don't see a world where those two guys don't uh, will this team through this regular season. A uh, little Hawk take here. I think Barry will be kicked off that top power play. Ooh, I think he's going to become just a useless. So Darnell nurse becomes the QB or Ethan bear. Ooh. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. I'll support that hot take. Good. I don't disagree. Like watching yeah. that game last night, I was not that impressed with Barry. No, like he looks he, sluggish and and he pales in comparison to the old Colorado Barry. Yeah, he misses something. Yeah, yeah, he's just he wasn't sharp. He wasn't like thinking to play ahead. He was yeah. just it just seemed like where, wherever he was looking, that's where he was going to pass. Yes, and it was very predictable. There was no deception. No, he he did not look close to Makarian. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the gold standard. Yeah. I evaluate everyone on that scale, you know? That's tough, man. That's tough. Yeah. Number um, four, Nick. Okay, number four. I'm going to Vancouver as well. I will agree with Mike on this one. In making my decision here, I basically compared them to Winnipeg and Edmonton, given they're all kind of clumped in a tier in my mind. And to me, they just look to be the most complete team of all three of those. The forwards look, for the most part, complete. I know, the, you know, the big criticism is in the bottom two forward lines, which which I'll give him that. Highlighted by the uh, the wife kicker, oh. Adam Gaudet. Yeah, that's great. But um, just moving on, I I just don't <laughs> see. I I don't I just don't see a lot of talent there on the bottom six. You know, maybe a guy. You know, Vertanen will go down there when. Uh, uh, Miller comes back and who knows if Hoglander sticks in the top six, maybe he adds some depth to the bottom six. Thank God they don't have Louis Erickson anymore. That'll be oh. nice. He's down to Utica in the AHL. So I don't know. The forwards give me enough faith. The defense of course gives me enough faith. I love the Hamnick signing. I know he's an old school defenseman, but for me, he, 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 Check marks that box as a 5-6-D. Quinn Hughes, of course, will continue being the power play quarterback. He is one of the best in the league. Nate Schmidt is not a bad defenseman. As a guy who watched a lot of Vegas games last year, he's by no means a bad guy. Vegas is sorry to miss him. Um, And, of course, Edler will carry a lot of minutes there. Um, 
And the goalies are fine. I mean, Thatcher Gamco showed in the playoffs that he can shoulder a load. And Braden Holpe will be your average, just above average goalie. Mm. So that they're good enough, that tandem, to be better than Edmonton's and probably a better tandem than Winnipeg's. I don't really know who Winnipeg's backup is. And Come in on, a 56 man. game season, well, you got to trust you got to trust both your goalies in a 56 game season. And I could put my faith in both these guys on any given night. Mm. Um, so just out of sheer completeness, Vancouver gets my four. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, uh, yeah, moving on to the, the third spot for a lot of the reasons I listed for Vancouver with the uh, additions that are sort of accompanied by subtractions. I think that's why I have Calgary at third. Um, but I just think the additions are players who I think have been underrated in the past and who add something to the team that allows the star players to go out there and play their best game. Jacob Markstrom is going to be a fantastic goalie for them. Uh, it's been mentioned all over the hockey universe that he's the first number one goalie they've had since Mika Kiprasov. Um, and so Jacob Markstrom, I'm high on him. I think Chris Tanev gives them a little bit more security on the back end. Uh, you've got Giordano, Hannafin. Uh, they waived Shillington, which is surprising. I thought that he would have been a young guy to take a step forward this year. Um, but I still think that they've got a decent enough defensive core. I know, Kyle, you're not big on their forwards, but I think with a guy like Markstrom and Nett, those forwards will be allowed to do exactly what they're good at, which is just go out there and focus on the offensive side of the puck. So that's why I've got Calgary at uh, number three. Yeah, and I'll uh, – you guys both touched on Vancouver. I got Vancouver at three. just think they're a very lovable uh, top six. I, I really like that top six. Uh, and I think they could probably in this division have the potential to have the best power play numbers, uh, two good units. Uh, I think Demko and Holtby will split starts evenly. Uh, I don't love Holtby there, but I think Demko could emerge as that, as that one, a guy come playoff time. Um, but, uh, overall, like you said, just a lot of, a uh, lot of balance, a lot of good things to like, uh, I don't love how protected their goalies were last year. That's one of the stats that jumped out at me is uh, Markstrom in Vancouver was pretty well shelled with what they had. Hopefully uh, a Schmidt uh, cleans that up, but I like him good enough to have him number three. Number three. Again, got to segue off Michael here. Oh, Calgary Flames. Um, arguably the best offseason of any team. That's, that's how I'll sum them up. Disagree. I, I, I think they acquire the best goalie on the market. Um, that'll go a long way. What, not Jake Allen? <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on Jake Allen. I'll get to Jake Allen. I'm not ready to talk about Jake Allen. Um, yeah, of course, they get the big boy in Jake and Markstrom. I think he's going to add a lot of stability. We saw in the playoffs just how bad Cam Talbot was and how he totally fucked them in the Dallas series. They had Dallas. They had him beat. They were up, I believe, 3-1. And he, he <clears throat> fucked up. And David Riddick was, wasn't much better. And I think it's just having that stability is going to pay so much dividends. I wouldn't be surprised if he starts 40 games 
and is a easily top 10 fantasy goalie. Um, the forwards look complete. I really like the Josh Levo acquisition. He never had a fit in Toronto. Never the coaching staff always buried him. They never liked him. He showed some signs in Vancouver where he started to emerge. And I think they got him at a bargain COVID deal it, uh, over the off season. So he's going to be some depth scoring. Um, I just, that's going to help. And it's going to make everyone else slot better. Sam Bennett is now a fourth line center instead of a third line center. And you have a two way guy like Backlund as your three C it's just a good looking lineup. Of course you got Mangiapani there. You got Dubé there, plenty of depth on the back end. I think it's arguably the best back end in all of the North division. Uh, Rasmus Anderson is a stud. If you don't know already, he'll be up with Giordano with Brody gone and uh, Hannafin's only growing and Chris Tanev, of course, another acquisition there, sturdy, hard nosed defenseman. He might not stay healthy. He might not play over 50 games, but just having him there, that should provide some stability when he does play. And don't sleep on that Valamaki kid either. Uh, I hear good things about him. Uh, So all in all, completeness. I would argue probably the most complete team in that division, but I don't have them at the top just because I need to see how all the pieces work. I, I just haven't seen enough. And I, and I can't bet on them, uh, which is also a same reason for why I have the next team at number two. But we'll go to Mike first. Yeah, well, so speaking of completeness, we've got a team that, you know, addressed some weaknesses in the offseason. They, they looked at their team. They were like, hey, we're too focused on skill. We need to add some physicality. And that's why the Montreal Canadiens slot in at number two for me in the standings. Um, I think you can look at both uh, – you know, both Montreal and Toronto is doing similar things this offseason and adding grit. But um, the reason I have Montreal finishing second is because the top end skill still isn't quite there. With that being said, their team just looks very balanced. This is the best defensive core that Carey Price has had in front of him in a long time. Um, they're huge. They're physical. Josh Anderson looked fantastic in his debut for the Canadians last night. Jonathan Drouin looked energetic again, which I don't think can be said for him uh, for over the last couple of years. Like he's had times where he's looked a little lethargic. Um, and so hopefully he has a breakout year. Uh, Josh Anderson on his wing is going to help that. And then Philip Deneau has emerged as a really strong two-way center in the league, if not one of the top guys. I think, uh, I think they go on to have a really good year. And I think it's going to be a tight race at the top, but I have them finishing in a close second uh, in this division. Well said, well said, well said, well said. Well, I'm going to have to go with number two, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Of course, because I see goofy shit like Joe Thornton on the top power play and on the top line. No, all that aside, I think that that nonsense is going to change pretty quick. I don't know what they're, what they're doing there, but Thornton, you can clearly see doesn't really fit in on that top line. Um, to be honest, I really did not like the look of Brody. What uh, it, he just looked really lost and, and he couldn't handle the puck very well the other night. So he's got to grow on me. I still see Justin Hall on this second pairing and Zach Bogosian. I don't think this guy can play. 
So I think obviously the scoring will be there. They're going to outscore a lot of their problems. Um, unlike Edmonton, they do have a good goalie, but uh, the, the defensive woes are still very much there. And uh, they don't have the balance uh, of the top team I have. And when this division starts getting feisty and physical, I mean, it's going to turn into playoff hockey by the second half of this, this amazing season we're going to have. And then this team will, will run into some weaknesses. That's my prediction there. Montreal Canadiens, number two. Bitch. <laughs> um, I saw enough last night to be very impressed with this team. I think Mark Bergevin has finally molded the team he had envisioned Brr. for the past several years. All the criticism of him hoarding the cap space, not using all that money, finally out the window. Morning. He finally established the team he wants. He got a hard-nosed grinder and Josh... Uh, Anderson, he got his backup in Jake Allen, who is not great, by the way. He is great. He will not have a great season, but he will provide more stability than a Keith Kincaid, who they've had, who was the most recent backup, or an anti Niemi. So they'll be fine. Sorry, I'm just distracted by this great-looking Islander power play. The Barzell wizardry. Oh, I love it. Um. Yeah, they got Tyler Toffoli, a depth score. I made it known I don't particularly like Toffoli. Uh, I watched enough of him in L.A. I think he's overrated. <clears throat> Come on. Uh, Anderson will be the better pickup in that respect, and that's part of the reason he got seven years uh, with Toffoli's be- being a little shorter of a deal. Um, so they're more complete. Like the fact you got a third line of Kokinemi and Armia, it- it- it's just impressive. And you got that great top line of Deneau and Tatar and um, Gallagher, of course. Of course. And that second line last night was the best line. Uh, Suzuki, Anderson, oh. and Duran. As Michael said, Duran looked like he had a jump in his step, fresh, full of life. And it was great to see. And Suzuki looks like an emerging star, as many fantasy pundits predicted. So... They look great. The defense looks very well-rounded. Romanov looked like a god making passes from his blue line, setting guys up for breakaways. Yes. Uh, he came as advertised. Oh. Uh, fresh out of the world juniors where people were loving him. So, yeah, I, I think they're great on the back end. And, of course, I'm not going to speak about Curry Price. We all know who he is. So, again, out of sheer completeness, this team makes the playoffs. And I have them at number two. So at this point, it's clear that I have the Leafs at number one. And I could use this time as a Leafs fan to talk about, you know, all that we have that everybody already knows about. Our star forwards, you know, Freddie Anderson as a solid starter in net, uh, Morgan Riley on the back end, just the the dynamic players. But instead, I'm going to address the slander that Kyle put on my team earlier. Talking about TJ Brody, Zach Bogosian. Joe Thornton on the top line. (laughs) I think that you brought in players like Wayne Simmons and Joe Thornton to add a little character. And that's going to allow players to slot into the roles that they should be playing on other teams uh, so that they can contribute to the team in the best way possible. I love Zach Hyman. I think he's a great player. I think he'll still be used on the top line to go and fish pucks out of corners. But I've come to 
acknowledge and accept the fact that him on a shutdown line is the best place for his skill set. And I think he's going to thrive in that role. It's going to allow the rest of the Leafs lines to focus a little bit more on offense. TJ Brody is a cerebral player. What comes off the most about his game is how he thinks it. It's going to take him some time to adjust to get back up to NHL speed. But once he is, those passes are going tape to tape from the D to the offensive zone. And he's going to be able to run a second power play unit. And then Zach Bogosian, similar to Wayne Simmons, was brought in to fill a role. And, you know, he's going to be physical on the back end. He's going to do his job. And at the end of the day, that's all you can ask from your 560. So Hmm. that's what I'll say about the Leafs. I have them finishing atop the division, again, in a very close race with Montreal. Because I think Montreal is going to have a great year. But Leafs atop the division. Montreal will win this division. When you have a top two center of Suzuki and Pierre-Luc Dubois, how could you not win your division? (laughs) Oh, no, I'll hold your horses. There's there's obviously some uh, thinking ahead going on here, but uh, maybe we'll get into that in the Columbus segment. But the kid wants to come to Montreal. It's just a fact. Uh, Other than that, I mean, as a Suzuki owner, God, was I thrilled last night. Uh, What I have here in my good old notes... I say Suzuki is going to become a star this season. His breakout is coming right now in the likes of a, of a Mitch Marner. He's going to be on that level. The guy thinks like a, a veteran already. He's got the skills to back it up. And, and that line, like if you've got an ultimate shutdown line of the Dino line, which is great. And then this Suzuki line, which has a little mix of everything, the two way cerebral center, the guy like Josh Anderson, could be the most impressive power forward I, I, I can see in the game today. And simply because he it's a dying breed. You don't see guys with a big body who can just fly down the wing and crash to the net with pretty much utter disregard for his own health. It's, it was amazing to watch. Like I was just thinking of what Joe was what could have been thinking at that point. Um, and it was just it was awesome to see him back healthy. And I think he might score more than two goals this year. Uh, and then, uh, you know what, this Romanov guy, look for him to just shoot up the, the rankings here to shoot up onto the top or sorry, the second power play. Uh, and then all, if all that fails, you've got probably the best goalie in, uh, in the division perhaps. So this team is utterly balanced. They've never been this good in such a long time. Uh, the hype is high and I'm ready for them to take number one spot here. I'm going to spend my time here more just talking about how the two top teams compare in Toronto, Montreal and what Montreal lacks that Toronto has. And I think what they lack is certainty down the middle. I know we like the kids. They had a great showing in the playoffs, but I need to see a little more before I can conclusively say these are two top six centers. And I know Kokanyemi slotted in at three, but that's what they're hoping for. And I just need to see more. Like, Kokanyemi needs to improve upon what he was for the first 75% of last season because it was not good. In the playoffs, he finally turned it on. And we all know no one's immune to a sophomore slump, and perhaps Suzuki is in for that. I need to see a little more, whereas when I look 
you know, three hours west, the city of Toronto, Matthews, Tavares, Kerfit, Spezza. It's a top four down the middle center. Just like more. And when you can insulate third line with guys like Hyman and move, move him, Nick Robertson, depth, just fighting for a role on the team. It creates this internal competition that I think is going to make that fourth line very strong. And hell, even on the back end, there was talk of Travis Dermott not even making the team. And he's having to fight with Barabanov just to get there. Or sorry, um, the other know. Russian defenseman, Lettinen. Thank you, Mike. So just the two of them fighting there. Again, internal competition, it's going to help. Bogosian adds some sandpaper, almost like the Roman Polak role that he played when he was with the Leafs. And of course, we saw the power play last night. I know it's an experiment with what they do with Thornton and Simmons, but if they load it up with Nylander and Tavares, that's the best power play in the league. There, there, there's no question about it. And, and we saw Nylander picking corners. He, he just made everyone look silly. So they just have it. They have the it factor. And I am, of course, higher on Anderson than most people. A lot of people don't believe him in, believe in him. I, I know he wasn't sharp last night, but I think all in all, he'll be just fine, especially in a contract year where he's asked to perform to his best. So that's it. Leafs will win the division. I feel very comfortable saying that. All right. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, just concluding here, it looks like fairly similar. I mean, no one has the exact same order. I mean, I guess the big omission would be Kyle having Calgary sixth. Right. Uh, me having Calgary sixth. So I guess in our orders, those two kind of swap. And then Michael and I have the exact same top four. So not too much of a difference there. Ooh. What do okay. we have here? Oh, yeah, someone got hurt. Uh, we're going to move just right geographically along. here. Sure. So why not go to what probably looks like the toughest division on the tail of the tape here? Yeah, I like this. Just it's going to be a bloodbath beat them out, tough, hard-nosed hockey kind of division. And that, of course, is the mass mutual NHL Eastern Division. Give it a rest I have no idea what mass mutual does. Is that a bank? I think they're insurance. You're a banker. You should know. (laughs) I am a banker. Okay. You got me there. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's top to bottom. It's a compelling division. So why don't you take us through how you see the shaping of Mike? Uh, who you got at seven? Uh, okay, yeah. I mean, at seven, sort of easy here. New Jersey. Uh, they just lost Corey Crawford um, to retirement, which is really sad to see. I'm a huge Corey Crawford fan in the sense that I liked the oh. Blackhawks when they had their yeah. dynasty. Um, and otherwise, I, yeah, I just don't think they're skilled enough, deep enough, or good enough to be anything but last place in this division. I don't think there's much more I need to say. Yeah, no, I'll, again, yeah, New Jersey. Uh, they're going to turn into the punching bag of this division big time. Um, Hughes is going to be a little bit better, but 
you know, he's not going to save the team as a second line center. Um, and I just, I, I see actually Subban getting pretty, like you already saw him have that fight in practice or in training camp. I could see him really boiling over and things getting a little sour there. So look for a Subban trade. That's one of my big predictions for New Jersey. Uh, other than that, you know, there's, they got that new, I think, Russian kid on the top line. I can't even remember his name. There's just not a lot to be excited about there. And the problem is there's not a lot of great youth to be excited about there yet, except for maybe Ty Smith, uh, who you might watch. But it's just, there's nothing to see oh. in New Jersey. Oh, he pulled the Drew in. <laughs> he pulled the Drew and he ran out of space. Oh, all right, Nick, number eight. Shock us, why don't you? I'm not. I'm not talking about this. Uh, New Jersey finishes eighth. <laughs> I don't care about Jack Hughes's off season and how much, you know, he's been practicing and training and how he's been eating five meals a day and eating protein shakes and steak and eggs and rice. I, I don't give a fuck. It's not going to work. I don't and care. And he that, will be disappointment in the fantasy circle this year, as we predicted last week. Uh, disappointing season in New Jersey. I agree. Subban will boil over. Yes, he, he has will. lost Lindsey Vaughn, <laughs> both on the ice and off the ice. He is in for dark days. Yeah, it's over. He fought a teammate like a week ago. What a prick this guy is! And and I don't buy the fact that oh he's fired up for the season. This is the right attitude to have. No, you don't fight teammates. I'm sorry that you're just stupid. Especially a usual fun-loving guy like him, you know. Well, Tap maybe there's reaction. you know maybe there's a side of him we don't know, Nick. Oh! oh, oh, shut up. <laughs> okay, go, go to seven. Yeah, change the subject, Mike. All right, number seven, the team that we're watching get shut out here, uh, the New York oh, Rangers. No. Um, I, love, I love their forward group. I love it. <laughs> I think they're one of the deepest team. forward teams in the league. But defensively and in goal, yeah. there's just too many question marks. Jacob Truba's getting overpaid at $8 million a year. Like... They, they've got some players back there, oh but God. when Anthony D'Angelo gets arrested for his role at the Capitol riots later on this week and they yes. lose him to the top six, I, I don't know. I, I just think defensively and in net, there's too many question marks, and that's why I have them seventh. Hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, from what we're watching today, I might have to side with you, uh, Mike, but I'll, I'll give you the Buffalo Sabres, which it pains me to say. Now, I'll preface this by saying all of my teams other than eight are very, very close. So when I say Buffalo at seven, they're right in that hunt still for me. Um, it's a fun-ass year coming for Buffalo, so Sabres fans can finally rejoice in Kelly's corner. Hull and Eichel were, will turn into a dynamite, dynamic duo. Darlene will be brilliant. I think he's going to shoot a bit more, and I think he's going to be kind of force his way into that Makar level of conversation, which I think he was probably there all along, but it's just Makar and Hughes have been getting all the hype. Uh, it's time for this guy get, to get a piece of his pie. Uh, Stahl is a very intriguing piece in the second line, very stable, very, uh, very safe, and I think he's going to be a wonderful mentor for a Dylan Cousins who will eventually work his way up to perhaps a right-wing second-line role here. Uh, so lots of fun in Buffalo. I'd be definitely tuning into these games. Uh, obviously, they're going to have a problem keeping the puck out of the net, um, but lots of fun up front. 
really, uh, really interested to see him. Yeah, I mean, I got to go Rangers here. It pains me to say it because I've only known Alexi Lafreniere as a winner. He is a winner. He's not a loser. He yeah. does not lose. No. He's undefeated at the World Juniors. One season, one win. No, no, he, he had a loss the year before. Yeah, he was the 13th forward. Right. doesn't count. Yeah. Um, it's going to suck for him to be on a losing team. And we're just watching here. Shesterkin, he got hurt, but he looks okay. So thankfully, that's okay. I think in goal, it's one of their greatest strengths. I know the goalie's getting lit up today. He's had a rough game. But overall, I liked his game in the playoffs. I liked his game in general. I believe he had it over a 920 save percentage. Um, I like the goalie. But the, re- the, the defense is the big mistake for me. The fact you have Jack Johnson you know, playing that many minutes, it's pitiful. Especially the way he performed in Pittsburgh last year. Um, Keandre Miller, is he ready to be a top four defenseman? I don't know. Um, can guys like D'Angelo carry the load defensively? We know he can be a QB, but what about on the other end of the ice? It's too many question marks on the back end. And as we know, there needs to be strength on defense for me to consider someone to be a playoff contender. The forwards look fine. If, if Laugh is on your third line, so be it. But the D is too weak. We saw in the playoffs against Carolina, they just play sluggish. I, it looks like this coach, Quinn, hasn't quite got you know a feel for the defensive side of the puck when it comes to this team. So until I see some improvements in that respect, I can't be that high on them. So I got to put them right at seventh. Sad, but I understand. Um, yeah. So for my sixth place team, I've got Buffalo, uh, which is super unfortunate because I think if there wasn't this divisional realignment, Buffalo might be a wild card team this year. But mm-hmm. um, in net, Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton, uh, they could they could put up some wins, but they'll have to be carried by the defense and the offense, I think. Um, I think defensively, Rasmus Dahlien is going to take a big step this year. I really I like their additions in the offseason. Taylor Hall is going to be great. Uh, Eric Stahl is going to be a good mentor. He won't put up the points that people are expecting in Buffalo, but he'll be a good mentor. It's hilarious that Jeff Skinner's getting paid $9 million to play fourth-line minutes. Oh, my goodness um, me. Outside of that, though, I really, yeah, I think Buffalo is the Ottawa Senators <clears throat> of this division. They're playing with house money. At this point, I know they are saying, oh, like, we got to make the playoffs, we got to win. But I think they're just going to be a fun team to watch this season. Ralph Kruger is going to coach them to the sixth spot in the division. So we're on number six here. Um, might come as a shock to you guys. Pittsburgh Penguins, number six, missing the playoffs. Um, let's be honest here. Uh, I think last season was the the beginning of a, the mighty fall of, of this Penguins team. Uh, I always go in with such such faith in the team, and they've let me down a few too many times now. And I think in this kind of division, I just don't think they have what it takes to, to compete. Uh, they're older. They're worse on paper in my mind than last year. Um, I don't know if Jari is a number one to me. I mean, you saw him for half a season where he played very well, but he didn't play very well towards the the, the latter half of that season either. Uh, Jim Rutherford, Rutherford, I think, has lost his his clock. I think he's just... 
I think he's living on just, I don't know, like food stamps or something. I don't know what this guy is doing, but he is crazy. He doesn't win a trade to save his life. And then I think when Pittsburgh does get into trouble, they're going to make a big trade. And, uh, and I, I think it'll be too late. So, I mean, yeah, Crosby, Malkin will still put up the points, but Malkin gets injured and we have a whole different story on our, on our hands. Um, I don't love the defense. I, I haven't loved them for a while. You still, you have Cody Stacey back there. Like what is going on here? Uh, and the bottom six has, hasn't looked this shaky to me in a while. Yank, Jankowski as your third and then Bluger and, and these guys, I, uh, in, in a regular year, yes, they, they'd compete for a wild card, but this team I don't think can stack up against the, the top dogs in, in this division. Wow. That's quite the take from a loyal Pitt fan. Yeah. Um, I'll go with Mike here. I'm going Buffalo at number six. Um, again, it, it's a pain they're in this division. If they were somehow playing with the Canadian teams, maybe I'd give them more of a fighting chance. But the reality is the teams ahead of them are too good, despite the growth. I really like the stall edition. It's a veteran centerman. You know, that way a Casey middle stat doesn't need to do too much. You don't have to rush him in too soon. That will help. Um of course, Taylor Hall, Jack Eichel finally has a guy he can count on, on the, at even strength. It's only going to make the power play better, which historically the last few seasons has been the strength in Buffalo. And, I mean, their back end is, is, is fine. I mean, Rasmus Dalin is still emerging as a star. And, you know, there's enough depth there to be okay. But... I mean, goaltending is poor. The back end is average, I'd say. So if if the goaltending's a poor tandem, I still don't know who Carter Hart is or Carter Hudden or Linus Allmark is. If the defense is suspect as well, I just can't give them too much of a nod. It's going to be a fun season. Lots of goals scored, electric hockey. Um, they're going to be a great NHL live team to watch. And fantasy wise you're going to be happy to own some Sabres. Yay. But, you know, <laughs> long-term success, 56-game season, I don't think the team result will be that high. Buffalo will be sixth. I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, man, um, Kyle said it best about the Penguins this year, and it's really tough because I want to put them in the playoffs. You guys talked last podcast about fantasy picks being part gut and part analytics and how sometimes you got to trust your gut. And the only reason I want to put Pittsburgh in the playoff spots in this division is it's a gut feeling because it's hard to imagine Sidney Crosby and Malkin missing the playoffs. But uh, I just think, I think that, will only gets you so far and that they'll will themselves to uh, as Nick had for Winnipeg, you know, missing the playoffs in the last game of the season. Mm-hmm. So I've got Pittsburgh five and a very disappointing end to their season. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be tough. I think uh, I'll go number five and I'll make it super quick. Cause you guys touched on them. The Rangers who are watching, uh, 
great forward depth. Definitely a team I'm going to be tuning in a lot for. The defense, I really don't like. Jack Johnson's got to go. D'Angelo's got to go. Uh, and then these goalies, I like the goalies. You know, I, I like the goalies. I think they're going to be good enough to, to get them to that five spot. But uh, the inexperience of this team, I think they're the youngest team in the NHL, uh, is going to be the, the deciding factor in not making that, uh, that plunge into fourth place. Number five, Nick. Number five, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, again, same with Mike. It's a shame to put them here, but I think the time has come. I, I don't think Rutherford did enough over the offseason, over a disappointing playoff campaign to push them into the postseason. I don't think Kapanen is going to move the needle. I don't <sighs> think getting rid of Justin Schultz is going to move the needle. Um. Hell, even like an Oli Mata, who a, was a mainstay there, he's now in L.A. Uh, I, I don't like their back end. I don't think it helps Jari. I think Jari's a great goalie, but I don't think, you know, the defensemen are going to help him enough. And then up front, as I said, I, I, I don't like those additions enough. Crosby will do everything to will this team to the postseason. So will Malkin. Gensel, <laughs> if he can stay healthy. He sounds so sad. It is sad. It, they should be there. Crosby, it's his swan song. I was telling Kyle, I wanted to put, I was going to put $50 on this team to win the cup. If I got that right, I'd get a $1,000 payout. I thought the value is pretty good there, but I slept on it, watched the game yesterday against Philly, and, and I don't think I can do it. So it's a shame given, you know, their situation. But these four teams ahead of them are, are just better. They're better. And I think they're going to give more of a consistent effort over 56 games. So Pittsburgh five. Yep. Um, all right. Number four. Uh, I've got the Islanders. Um, I think they're the best coach team in this division. I'd be willing to say uh, Matthew Barzell is dynamic, electric, must watch hockey, and they play a full team game that is fast-paced, physical, and forces teams to play on their heels. Uh, but I think as far as top-end skill goes, I like the other teams in this division more. So for the Islanders, I'm putting them number four. <clears throat> I got the Islanders at four as well for many of the same reasons. I really love that center depth, Barzell, Nelson, Pajot. Um, outside of Barzell, no one player on this team is going to wow you or knock your socks off. But, uh, I mean, case in point today that we're seeing is they're, they're, they're ready to play. They're really well coached. The Rangers are obviously all over the place. Uh, and this team just looks like they're dialed right in. Uh, they did lose Devon Taves. Fear not. We've got Noah Dobson coming in, and he looks like he's ready for big-time uh, hockey. Uh, perhaps not, you know, 20 minutes or anything like that, but he'll, he'll come in and fill that hole. Um, and then just, uh, you know, their goalies are always good. doesn't matter who's back there. So Islanders at four. Washington Capitals, number four. Um, never been the biggest Washington fan. Never really love them. Love but you. they're a playoff team. And, and that's, that's really all there is to it. I mean, they have enough star power. Ovechkin still kicking it. He's going to be just fine. Um, riding shotgun with Backstrom, of course. 
And there's just enough depth. I mean, like a Tom Wilson still scoring and hitting and uh, Lars Eller is your three C. It's a very boring team, boring, but effective. And the back end, it's solid. I mean, they have Chara now. It's only going to help them. He's not going to play a top four role like in Boston. He's more of a five, six. I think that's a much better fit for him at this stage in his career. And, uh, of course, the big boys. I mean, John Carlson is still there. Uh, Brendan Dillon, who I love from San Jose, he's now a mainstay there. They got Justin Schultz from Pittsburgh. It's a little more complete on the back end, which is a good look. And, of course, the power play should be a top 10 unit. Uh, no hesitation in saying that. The big question mark is Ilya Samsonov. Is he ready to be a starter can he play 40 games? That's the big one. And that's the one I'll be keeping my eye on. But all in all, all things considered, I, I, I think they'll be a playoff team. Yeah, so number three is a tough one for me because for all the reasons that you just listed off, Nick, uh, like Washington, Washington looks to be a good team, a deep team uh, with a bit of a question mark and goal. I mean, Holtby was regressing, but to move on to Ilya Samsonov, we'll see how he plays. Um, so that's why I have them at three, because although um, although Boston has lost a little bit on the back end, uh, I still think that they're such a solid team with such a great uh, program in place that they're going to be able to slot people in to replace Tory Krug, who they lost. Um, and well, not like Tory Krug. I can't remember who they brought in this off season to replace him. Uh, Sign somebody. Oh, Boston. Yeah. Um, did they not? They replaced. I don't think they replaced him, uh, Michael. I. That's one of the oh. notes I have is is the fact that they really haven't done much to improve on that back end with the departures of Chara and Krug. Okay. Yeah. Well, even then, um, I think Washington slots in third, just, you know, mm-hmm. I like the goaltending tandem in Boston. Um, I'm giving away a little bit of, of what I'm thinking moving forward, but I, yeah, I have Washington third here. Mm. Number three, I'll, I'll do Boston. I, uh, I don't like, uh, losing Krug and Chara. I think you're losing a lot of character in that room as well as your top power play defenseman. Uh, and I think that does bite them a little bit, but they're not going to fall too much. I think them and Washington are very much interchangeable. Um, and you still got Bergeron. He is getting a little bit older. Marshawn's getting a little bit older, but, uh, you know, they're, they're a good solid team. They're not going to surprise you in any way. They're just going to be very solid. Uh, they're just going to quietly put up a good season safe at number three. Number three. This dominating performance we're seeing now, the New York Islanders. Fans of the show should know how high I am on this team. I picked them to go pretty far in the playoffs last year. Bet on them to win the cup. Came very close for that paying off. I was just so impressed with the way they fought off Tampa, even in the game six, going to a double overtime and just narrowly losing that game. I, I, I really maintain they could have won that series. They came very close. 
and they're just methodical. They take a business-like approach to every game. Everyone plays hard. They don't put their foot off the pedal. They are accountable defensively. They're hard on the forecheck. They're aggressive. They are probably the heaviest team in this division. And that gives me a lot of respect for them. I just think they're very complete. Kyle mentioned Dobson, how that will help the departure of Pellick. There he is on the top power play. Yeah, I mean, it's a great look for him. And I only wish him the best. And... They're just solid, even with the departure of Grice, from what I hear about this Sorokin from Russia, uh, he should be just fine as a backup. We don't know what the you know workload will be, given he's a rookie, so that's in question. But I think they'll be fine. The, 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 the way they play will do enough to insulate whoever's in that. And these forwards, led by the great professor of saucer passes, Mark, Matt Barzell, We'll keep them in, in, in good hands. So this one was easy for me. And I've been so impressed with this game. Call me, you know, reacting too quick or, you know, recency bias. But I've already picked up Varlamov. That's breaking news. I, I have picked up Varlamov. Nice. And I'm running four goalies. That's sad. Yes. When are you going to drop laugh if you're going to react this quickly? <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> All right. Um, so there you have it. I mean, okay. yeah. Well, what I can tell you is my trade is now off the table, by the way, officially. What was the trade? Go on there, Mike. Oh, no. What was the trade? Like, laugh for. Oh, who? I was going to offer. I offered Nick. Uh... Oh, yeah. So laugh for Suzuki and Kopitar. Wow. All right. No, the trade was uh, the trade. The trade was Nick Suzuki and Brady Kachuk for Kyle Connor and Lafreniere. I maintain yeah. that if this were a one-year deal, like if this were plainly a one-year league, I would take that deal. I would. Yeah. But I'm relying on the keeper value here. That's why I drafted him sixth round. And I'm sticking with it. So I rejected his trade immediately. <laughs> You're a meanie. <laughs> well, after Anyways, they got shut out. Number two, we got, we got to keep the pace here. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Boston Bruins, that's what I have at number two. Uh, Rask and Halak in goal. That's where it starts. The second point is Bergeron, Pasternak, Marchand. Um, the third point is Charlie McAvoy <laughs> and those are my top three points. Um, after that, I think Bruce Cassidy's done just a fantastic job with this team. They're well coached. They play a great style of hockey. I hate it as a Leafs fan, but I respect it. And I've got them finishing second in the division. Nice. And, uh, obviously my second is Washington old guard still present and can be effective. Uh, show up and perform as usual. Uh, this is going to be a fun rivalry team. I can't wait to see a lot of those Pittsburgh-Washington games. That'll still bring value to me, uh, even in this day and age. But uh, And I trust the goalie here. I, I do. I trust the goalie. We just Jack saw, Hughes just ripped up. Yeah. He back. just uh, – that, uh, that was awfully – yeah, that was something. 
But uh, yeah, Washington uh, at number two. For me, Boston Bruins number two. They won the President's Trophy last year. I know. Wow. This guy just knows how to play the game. Shut up. Um, No, I mean, they're pros. The team, they're made of pros. They won the President's Trophy last year. Some people have them outside of the playoffs, which is just ridiculous. You know, I know you lost Chara, but and crew, but big deal. Like to, to lose that much faith in them, I think is a little dramatic. They still have the amazing top line. When Pasternak comes back, they'll be great. They won't miss a beat on the power play. This Matt Grizzle Chuck looks like a star Does in he? the league. He already has six shots on goal for me tonight and a power play assist. Wow. Great debut for the young rookie. Or not a rookie, but he's a youngster. And I think he'll be the biggest sleeper defenseman in fantasy hockey circles. I got him with my third last pick. I think it'll pay dividends. Um, They're in good hands. Like Mike said, defensively, McAvoy will carry his load. He's arguably the best defensive defenseman in the whole league. I, I steadfastly maintain that. And up front, like I said, that top line is arguably the best in the league. And even if the fourth line or the third line looks suspect, I think there's enough there to carry them, similar to kind of how Colorado rolls. And in goal, it's a fantastic tandem. You know, Tuka Rask is no longer leaving abruptly. Mm. He's going to be with the team. And uh, I think the Rask-Halak uh, duo there uh, does a great job. So mm. they'll be just fine. Boston, too. Schmeck. Okay, uh, which leaves Philly at number one for me. Um, I think Carter Hart has the potential to win the Vezina this year. He'd be my pick. Uh, their defensemen are huge, like just giants on the back end to help protect the guy. Um, and then after that, I think they've got a solid deep forward group, and I'm hoping that Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick just have amazing years. Uh, I'm mm. really high on the Flyers, um, so I've got them at number one. Yeah, talk about a team that's easy to root for this year with those two guys. Uh, just uh, incredible comeback stories for both of them. Uh, I'm actually really surprised all three of us are unanimous with the Philly thing. I, I saw a little bit of variance there, but I, I'll wholeheartedly agree. Very, very balanced offense. Uh, great defense. And that Carter Hart, hey, this is his time. This is, uh, this is Carter Hart time. So, uh, Nick, uh, why don't you say not much more than that? I'll give a different perspective. Uh, Philly's grown on me. There's a young writer on The Athletic. He's called Charlie O'Connor. I think he's the best writer that The Athletic has. No. Clear, succinct, just like they teach us in uh, legal writing, uh, Michael. This guy just knows how to write. And just going off of that, I've read all of his stories. I've read a ton of Philly in the offseason. I read a ton about their camp, and I think they are the most complete team in this division. It starts up front. I just love the fact they have all these young players kind of growing as these mature veterans are still, you know, able to contribute. So, you know, for instance, you have a Claude Giroux and a Kevin Hayes playing with a young Joel Farabee or a Sean Couturier playing with the young Travis Konechny. Uh Patrick playing with Voracek and Van Riemsdyk. 
and the fourth line led by what O'Connor claims to be the best four checker in hockey, Nicholas Obey Kubel, uh, who I think is a very underrated talent. So the four lines are the most complete in the division. Let's start there. Defense. Ivan Provorov is an emerging star, if you didn't know already. Justin Braun still has something left after being a mainstay in San Jose. I'm a big Braun fan. Travis Anheim, another emerging young star. Eric Gustafson, someone they acquired from Chicago, who was for quite some time their top power play contributor in Chicago. He passed Keith on the depth chart, and we saw last night he had two goals. So he's already leading their second power play unit. Um, They have so much depth that a great young prospect uh, by the last name of Zamula, Mm. I like to call him Zabulba, (laughs) named after the Star Wars Episode One character, um, he's fantastic. This Russian defenseman who was a star at the world juniors last year, and he didn't make the team and I thought he would. And that's because you guys have, you know, you have guys like Phil Myers and Robert Hag, uh, playing ahead of him and Gostas Don't forget about him. So plenty of depth there. And then the goalies, uh, Carter Hart sold me over the playoffs. I, I did not know much about him going into the playoffs. I didn't watch a lot of Philly games, but watching him in the playoffs, he probably was the most impressive goalie that I watched over that whole summer period. So I'm, I'm comfortable with him starting 40 games, give him the rock, let him run with it. And, uh, Hey, it's, it's Alain Vigneault. He knows how to coach. He'll play a nice defensive structure as we're used to seeing with him top to bottom forward defense goalie coaching staff, best team in the division. Nice. Nice. Well, we'll definitely have to be a bit quicker with this next division. Uh, Can we do the uh, – because the last one is going to be the quickest. We're going to want to just shock on that. So can we go to the the West just for Nick? I think the West Uh, is a more interesting division, in in my opinion. There we go. Can we do that, Kyle? Sure. Yeah, I know it it is. The, The Central is pretty brutal. So why don't you take it away on the uh, I'll introduce it as the Honda no. NHL West Division. Michael, take it away. Michael. Um, okay. Uh, number eight, I've got the San Jose Sharks. I know they've got a ton of talent, but this is a gut pick. This is 100% a gut pick. I think they've got a lot of old guard on that team. Um, I don't like Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik as a tandem. Uh, and the only other team I can put down at the bottom is are the Ducks, and I just I like John Gibson way too much. Uh, so this is a gut pick, but I have the Sharks finishing last in this division, um, and I have it been a very frustrating year for them because I think they've got a lot of talented defensemen, and they're they're going to be very frustrated with the team failure. No, I'll have to agree with you, Mike. I have San Jose here. Obviously, it was between them and L.A., but uh, you know what? The, the guys that they really lean on, I think, are, are really just becoming very decrepit now. The Burns of the world, the Carlsons especially. Uh, I just think these guys are getting to an age where they can't really do it anymore. Velastic is another one of those guys where I think his best years are far behind him. Um, interestingly enough, you have Marlowe back now. So he's, he's back to being a San Jose Shark, which is cool. 
uh, and that's something you can watch for. But the bottom six is just pitiful. Uh, and then, you know, you've got guys like Evander Kane, who's now bankrupt. He spent all his money on hookers and, and cocaine. So that's a, a bad storyline. I just, uh, nothing's going to go right for San Jose. I think they're going to check out of the season rather soon. Rather early, I should say. Hot take. Not a hot take. Hot take. <laughs> yeah, Kyle and, I, um, Kyle and I agreed. San Jose, dead last. That hurts, boys. That really hurts. <laughs> Um, before I get to my eighth team, I'm going to call this the Nick division. Can I do that? You may. I'll allow it. LA, San Jose, St. Louis, Vegas. Wow. Like literally my four favorite teams outside of the Leafs are in this division. And then I get to watch Kale McCarr in that stingy Minnesota defense that I love. This is the Nick division. Yes, it is. It's also the division that Pete DeBoer, Windsor Law alum, called the division of death. Okay. Do you agree with that take? I do not. He called it the division of death because those top three teams are going to beat the shit out of each other. (laughs) Right. And that's why he called it the division of death. I got to disagree with my boy here. The division of death implies it's going to be hard to get into the playoffs. It's I not agree. going to be very hard to get into this. The East is the division of death. Yeah. The lawyer is wrong on that one. But I digress. Ugh. Number eight, Anaheim Ducks. Mm. Uh, I dislike Come this on, team. man. I don't think the young Trevor Zagross <laughs> will be able to lead this team past the basement. Um. I, I just don't like them. They play a heavy style, but I think they're slow. Those young guys that all these pundits have been talking about lately, like a Troy Terry, Sam Steele, Comtois, it just hasn't come to fruition yet. I'm still waiting, and it and it bothers me. And, you know, on the back end, adding a Sh- Kevin Shattenkirk isn't going to help you very much. I'm convinced he just wants to be in another, you know, Sun State, Tampa, now Anaheim. And uh, Gibson's about the only good part of this team, but I don't think he's going to do enough to, to, to be able to keep him from the basement. That's all I'm going to say about Anaheim. There, there's really nothing compelling here. They're, this is a brutal team. Come on. Um, I've got Anaheim finishing seventh because I think what they lack in skill, they make up for in heart. Ryan Getzlav is just a great leader. Um, I love John Gibson as a goalie. I think on basically any other team, he might be able to carry them higher than seventh in this division. But at the end of the day, uh, as Nick said, the additions just aren't enough. They are, I think they're in the midst of a rebuild and Zegras is exciting but he's not ready to carry this team and they still need more pieces around him. So that's why I have them seventh. Uh, but I just, I have more faith in them than the sharks. It's a gut pick. <clears throat> At seven, I'll go LA Kings. Uh, I mean, they're bad as well as uh, San Jose. Uh, I just think they've got a little bit more of a youth injection that you can look forward to in, in the Gabriel Velardes of the world. Uh, and you might even see a uh, Turcot show up hopefully. Um, but yeah, don't get me wrong. They're going to be pretty awful. 
But uh, I'm seeing Andreas Athanasio, who's a marketable mid middle forward guy. Um, yeah, nothing really to say here. I don't know too much about the team like Nick does. Uh, but uh, yeah, they'll be just ahead of San Jose. They still have Kopitar. They still have Kopitar, and he's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've got Arizona at seven. Oh, my God. I think they're going through a bit of a culture shock. Yeah. We saw their GM leave over the offseason. We saw them draft a player who abused a mentally challenged child. Um, we saw them lose a heart of the locker room guy and Derek Stepan meant a lot to the community there. I know they're trying to win back the fan base by hiring Shane Doan in a managerial position. But it's not going to be enough. Uh, Phil Kessel is his old usual self, sleeping under the sun. Um, Barrett Hayton. Yes. Hopefully he can emerge. He's one of the young, you know, few bright spots here. But it's asking too much of him to be a top-line forward, and that's where he's slotted right now. Um, I don't like the team up front. I think what I just said says enough. The back end is fine. You know, a Rick Tockett coach team will keep the games low scoring. They're going to be boring games, as we saw in the Nashville series in the playoffs. That was probably the worst series of the entire bubble. And Kemper will keep games competitive. So low scoring, typical Arizona but I think they've lost something up front. I think Stepan really meant something to them. Of course, no Taylor Hall, huge omission. Uh, I don't see enough of a optimistic outlook here, at least with the other teams I'll talk about moving forward. There's either a youth injection or a bounce back appeal that I like. And I just don't see either of those two things here. I think Arizona's in for dark times in the next five years. And this, it'll probably be the start of it. So Arizona seven. Um, number six, I've got the Kings, uh, which again hurts. Um, I don't know what it was about the 2010 to 2017 era of NHL hockey, but watching the Blackhawks and the Kings run roughshod over the league for me was just so much fun. And they became two of my favorite teams outside of Toronto. Uh, and to watch Andre Kopitar and Drew Doughty reach a point in their careers where I just don't think they can carry this Kings team. Uh, I think Jonathan Quick is probably in for another rough season. Um, and I think, yeah, at the end of the day, that the Kings just don't have enough new to them to really succeed this year. Number six, I have the Anaheim Ducks. I think uh, I'm a little higher on this forward group than, than you guys are. I see uh, I see a lot of good things depth-wise. I love that kid line of the third line, Comtois, Steele, and Terry. And uh, what you won't see here is that Zgross will be on this team. Uh, they're starting him in the AHL, but he'll make his way up, and I think he'll have a, a pretty immediate impact. Uh, look him to boost the power play and that kind of thing. Uh, I don't mind this defense. Uh, it's okay, but like uh, Michael said, I think John Gibson can really uh, 
can make that difference and push them ahead of those two bottom teams. So uh, there's, they're my number six. My LA Kings will finish sixth this year, a marginal improvement from last year. Um, I don't think they'll be as bad. I think they will compete so much. So I will think until the final month of the season, they will be in the playoff picture in the Western division. Um, Pierre Maguire has gone so far as to say they will be a playoff team. What a fucking knob. What a (laughs) knob this guy is. How could he say that? He thinks they will be a playoff team. Um, And I, Hey, I can't, I I don't think, I don't think they're going to go that far, but I think, like I said, they will compete for a playoff spot. And the reason I say that is there is a youth movement Youthful exuberance, as I like to say, led by Gabe Velarde on the third line. Uh, I think he's he, he did fantastic last year, uh, put up many points, and I am excited to see what he can do over an entire season. Um, they acquired a young kid called Anderson from the Rangers over the offseason. He's a former first-round pick, and they think he can find something that he wasn't able to find in New York. Uh He'll be line mates with another Swede. The name eludes me right now, but I think that line could be potentially compelling. Uh, Trevor Moore from Toronto, who we love. He looks to be a mainstay. Athanasayu, they're taking a, a, a try on. We'll see how he does. But that top line of Kopitar, Brown, Ayafalo, that's still intact. That will be fine. And of course, I like I mentioned earlier, I think Oli Mata will do a lot to help Drew Doughty. Uh, Drew will be able to take some chances with Oli Mata staying back. I like that. Mikey Anderson, highly touted defense prospect. He'll be playing every day along with Matt Roy, who I think had a great year last year. Um, I just think there's more to like in LA than last year, the season before that. Lots of optimism. And all in all, I'm very excited. Uh, And of course, Cal Peterson. You guys don't know who he is right now, but he will be a star in this league. Uh, And I think he'll be splitting starts with Jonathan Quick this year. So I'm very excited to watch a ton of LA games, especially the ones Byfield plays in. Those will be must-watch primetime games. He won't play. Um, I know Michael will be tuning in for those. So uh, there you have it. There's nothing I want more in this world than for Byfield to prove me wrong. Yes. Because because I want him to succeed, but it's so hard to discount what I've seen from him. Uh, I don't think he sees playing time this year with LA until they are statistically eliminated from the playoffs. Um, So if they're going to be competitive this year, that means less Byfield. Yeah. And, Uh, And just to get to that, uh, Turcotte and Byfield did not make the taxi squad. So they're basically sent down to Ontario, the Ontario Reign, and they'll be playing there until, I guess, the OHL season opens, which looks pretty grim right now, given the uh, lockdowns here in Ontario. So there you have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, okay. So my fifth team, the you know last team to miss the playoffs, uh, for me as the Arizona Coyotes. I like Darcy Kemper and Antti Ranta as a duo in net. 
Uh, Oliver Ekman Larson and Jacob Scheichren provide two really solid players on the back end. And they remind me a lot of the Toronto Maple Leafs during the Phil Kessel era, where they've got a team that you can put on the ice. They're exciting to watch for the fans, but they're just not good enough to make the playoffs. Um, so that's why I, mm. I have them finishing fifth. Uh, I've got more faith in their talent and style of play than I do in some of the other West Coast teams. Um, but I do agree with everything Nick said earlier about them going through a bit of a culture crisis. And I hope they come out the other end uh, in a better spot for it. I think Shane Doan is not just an addition to a piece of the fan base, but that he will provide um, a good level of insight to what builds a strong program and strong team. Mm. Number five, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, this to me is going to be the Darcy Kemper show. He'll go as far as, uh, as he takes them. Uh, this team will do the best they can to mimic the New York Islanders system. Uh, therefore be incredibly boring to watch. Um, now that system mixed with a great goalie. I think that gets them close to, to sniffing range of the playoffs amongst these kind of shittier teams other than the top three. Um, so I think that's why they get to five. Um, Hopefully Barrett Hayton steps up, but I don't see much scoring out of that with those forwards, uh, except for maybe Kessel on a few couple uh, power play points, but that's about it. Number five. Probably the most surprising team this year will be the San Jose Sharks. Lots of people are writing them off, and I don't think they're ready to be a basement feeder just yet. Oh, Nick, come on. I think there's enough to like here to say they might be a playoff team. Um, a young or a healthy Eric Carlson. Not so young anymore, young Eric. But um, he's healthy. He'll be back. Brett Burns will be back. I mean, they're leading your defense. Mario Ferraro, arguably the defenseman in the league with the most character in the entire league, is up. is, is back there. Um, he had a fantastic rookie year last year. Vlasic, I'm, I'm skeptical on. It looks like he could barely play at this point. I don't know if he's going to be able to play all 56 games, so we'll see how they manage his minutes. But that's where I want to start. The back end with Carlson Burns, Ferraro, Redeem Simic. There's enough there to like. I'm pretty confident with them. Up front, Captain Logan Couture leads the team. I, I, I think they look just fine. Kyle's going to get to know a young kid called John Leonard from the University not. of Massachusetts Amherst. I will not. He played with Kale McCarr and Ferraro. He is a high character player. He'll be playing in their top six. He's sleeper fantasy appeal. He's already got an assist tonight. Watch out for him. Um, Ryan Donato, who came over from Minnesota, he will be on their third line. He'll also be getting power play minutes. Watch out for him. I think those two guys will give enough depth to their offense to surprise some teams because I like their top six. Couture, LeBanc, Meyer, Hurdle, Kane, it's strong. And those two guys should help strengthen the bottom six. Um, so that's exciting. The big question mark is in goal. They arguably have the two goalies who underperformed the least in the whole show last year and Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik. In my mind, both guys are basically fighting for their NHL careers at this point. A poor season from both of them, and they are done. 
as far as I'm concerned. So lots of pressure there. I think that will improve their game. I think the internal competition will improve their game. And I'm just convinced that that will help them quite a bit. And I just think there's some sleeper appeal here. Too many people are writing them off. I don't think they're ready for that. And I think they will compete for a playoff spot till the last few weeks of the season. So there you go. And one more thing. A lot of people have said there's been a culture shock there. The culture is broken. There are stories of, you know, blowout losses, following blowout losses, laughter coming from the San Jose dressing room led by Eric Carlson. Yes. Uh, Worst culture in the league, it was said, end of last year. And I think what's really helped is that they can't play in Santa Clara County in San Jose. They are basically away from home without their families. They're bonding together in Arizona for the past month. They're still going to be there until the, you know, bylaws in Santa Clara County lift. And from what I've read, it's been a very good rehab month to, to, to rebuild the culture there. And it's been working so far led by Logan Couture. And I, 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 that's helped kind of, you know, fix the biggest concern for me. So I think uh, we'll see some improvements there. All right. Um, number four, Minnesota Wild. Uh, I think that their back end is so solid. And I think that their back end fuels a resurgence for Cam Talbot. Um, not that necessarily Cam Talbot earns it himself, but because playing behind that back end will make him look fantastic. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov is a caller favorite early on in this season. Uh, I'm excited to actually see him play some games. I don't know if he's played tonight. I was focused on the Rangers Islanders game, but uh, I'm excited to watch that one. Anybody who's listened to the show before knows my opinion on Marco Rossi. Mm. And it's so sad that he's injured and I think out yeah. for the season. Um, no, really? Maybe not out for the season, but like out for a significant time, which in a shortened season like this, for a player of his stature could mean that we just have to wait to see Marco Rossi play NHL games till next year. Um, but regardless, I think, I think they've got a great backhand. I think up front they're a little weaker, but they've still got some good players like Fiala, Parise, um, Kaprasov should have a good season. Uh, there's somebody else that stood out to me. Oh, Jordan Greenway. I loved him at the World Juniors, and I, I want him to come out and have a great year. I think in a season where physical hockey uh, is going to be important, you're playing the same teams every night, I think he could have a huge impact. So I like Minnesota. Not enough to put them higher than fourth, but fourth place. I'll echo that. Minnesota at four. I think there'll be a, a surprise to many of us. Kevin Fiala will emerge as a star in this league. Uh, many of you don't know that after the trade deadline last year, he had the most points in the NHL. That's pretty big. Uh, look for him to get a point per game. Kaprizov will meet expectations, create stability in that top six. Dumba will find his game again. I think he's really a, a good player who lost a little bit of that scoring. Um, He's going to rebound this year, and Talbot will be average, which is all they need with that blue line. Nicholas. Minnesota four. Jared Spurgeon is the new captain in Minnesota. Couldn't have been a better pick. 
arguably the most defensively accountable defenseman in the entire league. Come on. And that's saying something. Take your pick. Fucking uh, not, not to mention McAvoy got... or this guy. What do you want to do here? No, he is. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they got Jonas Brodin there, Ryan Suter, Dumba, the usual suspects. They will help insulate Cam Talbot. My bold prediction, Cam Talbot will be a top 10 fantasy goalie uh, this year. Matt Moops was very astute picking him up uh, fairly late. Uh, I would have got him had I not chosen to go with the Vegas tandem in Bennington. Kyle should have gotten Talbot. No, um, I'll stay away for now. I, 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 All three of my goalies top, are better. He was, he was ranked my eighth goalie on the board, no. for the record. I, I, specific, I, I specifically didn't mention him in our fantasy show, so none of you would take him. I'm that high on him. Um, and yeah, the forwards will be good enough. Like you mentioned, Kaprasov will help the power play. Apparently he's on the half wall, and he's been ripping them in practice. Fiala's on the other half wall. He's going to rip them. And they will do enough on the power play to score enough. That's the concern. Will they score enough? They still don't look so great up front. But I think they'll do enough on the power play. The defense will be good enough. And Cam Talbot will be serviceable enough. Because we all know in the past, the real you know weak spot there has been Devin Dubnik. So... I mean, this team deserved a better fate last year. And I think they're going to get that better fate now that they have stability and goal. They've solved the number one problem, which is having just a serviceable goalie. And I think they have that now in Camp Talbot. So this defense will lead Minnesota to the playoff. Yep. I like that. Um, Number three. I've got the St. Louis Blues. Uh, I wanted to put them higher, but at the end of the day, you know, Colorado's got too much skill all over their lineup. Uh, The Vegas Golden Knights have one of the best goaltending tandems in the league right now, and if not the best. And so St. Louis drops down to three. I love what they have in Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Chen as their top two centers. I think it's hard to find a better two-way tandem in the league. Um, and on the back end, Tori Krug brings some life to the power play. Uh, Colton Pareko continues to shut it down on the back end. Um, and even if Bennington just plays average, I think they're a lock for number three in this division. Yeah, I'll agree with that. St. Louis at number three. And this is more so, you know, who of those top three will slot where? I think Vegas is too good. Colorado's too good. And that makes the de facto pick uh, St. Louis. I think Bennington is way overrated, uh, plays behind a good defense. And uh, just pretty much everything Michael said. Um, I really like those top guys. O'Reilly as captain's a good fit. Uh, and then, you know what? Uh, just a very boring team. Quietly just going to do very well. Number three. Colorado Avalanche. What a joke. This guy watches one game of this season and his mind is made up. Is made up. This team is not as defensively accountable as the St. Louis Blues or the Vegas Golden Knights. I bet you their goals against average will be worse than both those teams. I'll happily make that bet. And I'm not as impressed from the defensive end and their forwards playing accountably defensively. Can they score a lot? Of course. 
the first line will be as advertised. And the second line with the addition of Brandon Saad is fantastic. I love their additions. Even, you know, uh, a, a Taves on the back end will be great. But, you know, I, I, I don't like them as much as those two other teams. That's as simple as it is. To Kyle's point, these three teams are at a tier of their own. And if I had to pick one, that'll be third. It's Colorado, simply from a defensive accountability standpoint. That's all I'm going to say, Colorado three. All right. Uh, well, I, I disagree with that because I've got Vegas going number two, which leaves Colorado at one for me. But um, for now, I'll just dive in on Vegas. Uh, they added pie triangles. Uh, great player. Great best defenseman uh, potentially in the league at times. Um, I know I call them pie triangles, but... Yeah, I just uh, caught that. I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> but yeah, I think it's a great addition. They're going to roll with five defensemen at times, which I think is weird. Um, mm. I I think... I don't know. I I just think that at the end of the day, top-end talent, Mark Stone's a great winger, great two-way player. Pacioretty, I've thought, has been overrated for a while, but he's still going to get you your points. Um. Their top line center is William Carlson or Cody Glass this year? Cody Glass. Uh, Yeah, we'll see. If Cody Glass puts up an unreal year, they could finish first. But I I think Vegas finishes second in this division. I'll echo that. I think, yeah, I think we've had some pretty similar takes uh, here, Michael. But, yeah, just very balanced team. If there's only one kink in the armor – I think it might be that high, high end, pure skill talent on something like a power play that that might turn out to be not as effective as as a Colorado's simply because mm-hmm. they don't have that game breaking. Like Mark Stone is a, like I'll take Mark Stone on my team any day of the week. Is he a game breaking offensive player? No, I don't think so. I wouldn't call him that. And I wouldn't call any of these other guys that either. So that's where their one weakness lies for me. But obviously, yeah, everything else is going to be rock solid. Number two, St. Louis Blues. Um, very bland. I mean, they're, they're basically bringing back the same group with the exception of Petrangelo and Steen. Steen, late in his career, wasn't really contributing very much. He was more of a character locker room guy. Um, that's all really they're missing. It's, it's not going to make much of a big deal given Ryan O'Reilly, arguably the highest character guy in the league, is now your captain. Um, that won't change much. And Petrangelo, well, looks like they didn't skip a beat last night. That's all I'll say. And uh, Tory Crew will bring more of a puck mover mindset to that team. It'll modernize their style, add some pace, something uh, they lacked with Petrangelo, who's more of a steady defenseman. And they finally have a defenseman who's a power play quarterback. I love me some Vince Dunn but he's a QB on a second power play unit, not a first power play unit. Pareko can't lead a power play. They finally got their QB in Krug. He's probably a top five power play QB in the whole league, and they locked him up long-term. So I think that's going to help. And um, yeah, love their additions. And other than that, they're bringing back the same crew. So St. Louis too. All right. Um, Which leaves number one, which is for me, Colorado. Uh, one thing that I have not been able to take my eyes off of at the start of the season are the top 50 players in the league um, projections. And one thing that keeps coming up is that people have 
McKinnon and McDavid right at the top. And I think McKinnon, as far as a two-way game goes, can dominate play all over the ice. And when you have a player like that on a team as deep as Colorado is, it's really hard to bet against them. Kale McCarr is dynamic on the back end. I hope Devin Taves is okay. And if he is, he's a great ad. Um, yeah, I really like their team. Uh, a lot of young players who I think are going to take a step forward, not back. And when you have arguably the 1B player in the league, it's hard not to see this team finishing first in this division. I'll agree with Michael. Um, probably the quickest team and maybe the most purely skilled uh, in the whole league. They showed up their defense with Taves. Uh, look for Connor Timmons to have an incredible year. I think this guy has you know talent that everyone's underrating. Like at one point, he was their their top defenseman in uh, in their in their. Uh, well, maybe not because Makar, but he he won top defenseman at the World Juniors one year. Been following him a lot ever since. Uh, Brandon Sad Sad add some veteran talent there. Loads of skill, but one thing I'll say is. Uh, this this defense is underrated big time like this Devon Taves guy is serious um Connor Timmons is dead serious Eric Johnson isn't even in the lineup right now so that's what you're missing from this this uh picture here and then you've got a guy named Bowen Byram waiting in the wings should one of these guys inevitably inevitably get injured it's just an embarrassment of riches and then you look at the forward group uh, like you just got it all. Like you have your grinders here. You have your Nachushkins. Matt Calvert is one of my favorite bottom, uh, bottom six players. This guy's an absolute warrior. Uh, and then you have Tyson Jost on your fourth line, a guy who can add in a little bit of scoring. Um, and then McKinnon is just in my, for my money, I'll take him over anyone else in the league. This, this roster is untouchable. The only thing that might be their Achilles heel coaching. We'll see what this Jared Bednar guy does with this team. Can he wrangle all this talent and make it do something magical? We'll see. But I think he's a pretty good coach. The best team in the NHL, the Vegas Golden Knights, will finish first in this division. Let me take you through the back end. The goaltending position is the best tandem in the entire league. And it's probably the biggest storyline in the whole NHL. Who takes the starting job? How long does Marc-Andre Fleury stay in Vegas? Lots of drama. We all know the Alan Wall story. And we'll see how it plays out here. Um, for my money, I think Leonard will win, but I'm rooting for Marc-Andre. I yes. listened to a – they had a press conference yesterday with the two goalies sitting next to each other, and it was great basically had Leonard moping and not really talking and not showing a lot of exuberance and Mark Andre Fleury. What a guy smiling the whole time. He asked all the reporters how they were doing when they asked him questions, asked them about his, their families and their kids. He was practicing with Jake Allen all off season in Quebec, hiking, biking. Wow. Sounds like a great guy. Wow. I want Fleury to win this job. That's part of the reason I drafted both guys. Leonard's already getting lit up by Anaheim in the first period. Oh my God, really? 2-2 mm -hmm. game. That's very eight minutes exciting. Um, so keep an eye on this. Um, but hey, I still think the tandem itself, them pushing each other, it will be fantastic. Best tandem in the league. 
Back end, Michael made a very astute point. 13 and 5. We seldomly see this kind of coaching structure. Sounds like something innovative Pete DeBoer would do. Um, and I can't blame him. I love their five. I love McNabb, Petrangelo, Theodore, Martinez, White Cloud. It's great, especially in the playoffs where they play defend the best defensive hockey of any team in the league. And, you know, I won't talk much about their forwards. I'm just I, – I like to live by the philosophy you succeed in this league by giving up the least amount of goals, not scoring the most. And if you live by that mindset, I think this team will do the best at suppressing goals. They will have the lowest GAA at the end of the year. And I think that will lead um, to a president's trophy, especially led by captain Mark Stone. (laughs) So biggest Golden Knights, my number one seed. Okay, let's move on. And one more thing. Um, Pete DeBoer, when they asked him about the goalies, he says there's no starter day one. It's a tandem for the first bit. Mm. Uh, It's going to be 50-50, kind of like what the Islanders did. And then he said, end of the season, all bets are off. Right. So that's that's the latest report from Pete DeBoer. Also, this, this really fucks with me. He basically said he will not be announcing a starting goalie per night, like every night. So no wow. announcements on who's starting, wow. which is really weird. He claims it's a tactic. I disagree with that. Like, how is the other team going to tailor their approach, depending mm. on if it's Fleury or Leonard? Like, I have no idea. Mm. But uh, I just don't really like that mindset. It, so, it kind of catches me as tacky and too smart for your own good. Mm. I, know, I know we're running a little long here, so I'll keep this uh, brief. What I've heard about these divisions where you're playing the same opponents over and over again is all of a sudden your book on the opposing team's goalie just gets deeper and deeper. So having that little bit of deception in a mm. year like this could actually be a really smart tactical move. Good call. So you, you, you think this Juris doctor is up to something? Yeah, I think, I think it's, I, I think he tells the team who's playing, right. They, they're not left in the dark. So I think at the end of the day, it, all it does is keeps keeps your opponents guessing, and there's it's a win-win in my opinion. Well, it's not working so far. Two goals <laughs> against Leonard in the first ten minutes. Is that right? Yeah, my spl- my spl- I have a twelve GAA right now. Yeah. Nice. Oh, I'm I'm getting absolutely destroyed this week so far. Um, <laughs> but I'm watching the Vancouver Edmonton game right now. Uh, my plan is to watch the Minnesota LA one tomorrow morning. Mm, nice. Wow, this fucking guy. Tape of Minnesota yeah. and LA. Wow, that's on a, a Friday morning wacky game. We're watching. We're watching Winnipeg Calgary here. It's a great game, by the way. If you want to oh, tune yeah, in, yeah, yeah. But yeah, let, let's crush this. Let's last shotgun through this. Agreed. I'm okay. just gonna say, this is the misfit division. Basically, yeah. the NHL they said we're gonna have a Canada division. We're going to have a hard-nosed East division. We're going to have the division of death out West. And we're going to just throw all the misfits into a hodgepodge division to discover NHL Central division. So mm. let's just run through this. Yeah, agreed. Um, <laughs> you know, Mike's got to get to his tape of Minnesota and LA tomorrow morning. Nice. So let's get to this. Mike, number eight. All right, uh, here we go. I'm. Do you want me to run through all of them or just eight? 
no, no. We'll keep the structure, but just keep it okay, to a quick. sentence or two. All right. Chicago Blackhawks are last. They just don't have it this year. Jonathan Taves is out. Um, they don't have a starting goalie. I hate the fact they're going to finish dead last in the NHL, but they're going to finish dead last in the NHL. Chicago Blackhawks are last. The top line will score. Everything else is awful. What's uh, what's the goaltending situation up to? Not much. Uh, Duncan Keith is probably the uh, the lone blue liner of note back there, and and without Taves and without Doc, like the the organization is just shaking their heads and, and packing it in. Coming back next year. See you later. Detroit Wed Wings number eight. Uh, Steve Geiserman needs draft picks. Wed Wings. He, he will urge his team to tank. They will tank and finish eighth. Okay. For all those reasons, I have Detroit seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I've got uh, Detroit seven. I think they're going to be a bit better, more respectable this year. You might see a Valeno come in. You might see a, a cider. I, I, I don't know if he's eligible or why he's not there already, but uh, there's better things coming in Detroit. And I just think they're less of a laughing stock than uh, what Chicago will be. Chicago has leadership. Detroit lacks leadership. Thus making Chicago a little deeper. I still like the fact Kane is there. Keith is there to bring cat. Um, to Mike's point, no goaltending. That's the big wild card. But who's to say uh, Detroit's got goaltending either. So I'm comfortable with Chicago at seven. All right, number six. Uh, I do not trust Yusei Saros and Pecorine and Net. Um, I think Nashville, their players are getting older and that they're not going to be as good as they used to be. Um, and I just, Ryan Johansson and Matt Duchesne, I'm not sold on. Right on, number six. A uh, little shocking for me, I have Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, much of this revolves around that Pierre-Luc Dubois drama. I think he signed a sweetheart deal, so he could be traded. We see how he is in the interviews. This guy wants out, and it's causing it's going to cause problems. And it's going to turn into Tortorella benching him, and that's not going to help anybody. Uh, a lot of low-scoring games, and uh, they won't be able to score. So that's uh, my take on them. Number six. Number six goes to the Florida Panthers. Um, still don't know what they are. They lack an identity. Joel Quenville wants defensive accountability. Keith Yandel looks like he's on the way out. Um, they're going through a weird cultural transition. I think it's going to take some time, and I don't think they're playoff ready just yet. Uh, Barkov and Huberto will do whatever they can to lead them to the promised land. But uh, just don't see the depth, uh, especially on defense. Uh, still a little suspect in my mind. So Florida is six. Nick talked about storylines in Vegas with the goaltending tandem. I'm going with possibly the most disappointing storyline in the NHL, at least to start the year, with the Keith Yandel storyline in Florida. I think it takes a lot of wind out of the sails of a team that – should have been looking at this year as a year to really come in and, and blow us away. And that's why I think they finished fifth and out of a playoff spot. Right. I have uh, Nashville at five. Uh, they remain stuck in their ways. I think they need to give more ice time to their top guys. Um, they're going to produce a mediocre season. And I think 
Nashville major pieces will be traded after this year. Uh, it's stale. Life is stale in Nashville. Things need to change, and they will. Nashville at five. Uh, John Hines is still not shown he can be a competent coach, and I would not put my money on him to lead them to the playoffs. Um, wow. We just saw save of the year. What? Jacob Markstrom, Rob March. No way. That, that might stick up as save of the year. So uh, three minutes to go, too. Wow. That was awesome. Let's watch them. Have and they're all tomorrow. over him, too. I'm excited to watch Sorry? as much as many replays as I can tomorrow. That's that's my goal. Oh yeah. Look at this. Wow, awesome. and he was <laughs> he's going one way and he has the wherewithal to with, make the save with, with his glove. With no way. stick in his hand, too. Wow. Oh, the Askarov. Oh. David Riddick yeah. or Talbot's not making that save, I can tell you. Oh that god, much. no. No. That's where they're spending their money. <laughs> um but yeah, to my point, Nashville. I don't, I don't believe in John Hines as a coach. I think the forwards don't have enough. I think Matt Duchesne is just happy to be there stringing his guitar. <laughs> um, they lost Kyle Turris, who I like, but he didn't fit in there, so fair enough. Um, and uh, I, I, I just I don't think they have enough firepower to stick with the four teams that I have ahead of them. Um, and I just think they're a team that oh. lacks an identity. They're kind of lost. And despite Roman Yossi putting t- together a heroic effort to get them into the playoffs, um, I, I don't think it'll be enough. So McDavid hat trick, by the way. Just lo- letting that slide in. Uh, sorry, McDavid? McDavid hat trick, yeah. Yep. Um, so here's where my hot takes for this division begin. Cause at number four, I've got the Dallas stars. Uh, I think they are going to have a very weird year because of COVID. I don't doubt the talent. I think Rupe Hintz is going to have a good year uh, playing more minutes. I really like the team. I think who going to be good, but with Ben Bishop out and Tyler Sagan out to start the year and playing with fans in the arena, I think they're going to have like a fair number of COVID scares uh, and ultimately, that's going to push them down the standings to number four. Fair enough. I'll go Florida Panthers at four. Uh, something tells me the core of this team can can push their way into the playoffs here, um, especially jumping a team like Nashville, who doesn't impress me much either. Uh, Ekblad is going to emerge as a as a star defenseman this year, a do it all player. I think he's got all the tools to do it. Power play time is now trusted to him. Uh, and Bobrovsky is going to have a bit of a bounce back and he's going to be an average goaltender. And that'll be enough. Columbus Blue Jackets get to four. The distractions off the ice will be difficult. I'll see Kyle that. But I think Torts will get enough of a grip of the dressing room to will them to a playoff spot. And... I just think it's that simple. They play the game the right way. They play a hard note style every game, very similar to the Islanders. And I, I just think that will be enough to get them past the other teams in this division. So Colombo just slides in as the fourth seed. 
Yeah, um, I have Columbus finishing third. I think once the lights are on and play is started, the Pierre-Luc Dubois rumor becomes just that, a rumor, and he focuses on the ice. I think he's a professional, and I think Tortorella will keep the focus on on ice play. Um, I think Cam Atkinson is underrated and is going to have a good year this year. Uh, plus, defensively, with John Tortorella coaching the personnel that they have, I just don't see how they don't make the playoffs. I know that's a double negative, but yeah, I like that. Um, where are we? Three, uh, three. I have Dallas. Um, obviously, they've got some major injuries to the likes of Sagan. Um, the Ben Bishop injury won't affect them too much because I, I think Kadobin will be a great number one uh, when the time comes. They're a boring ass team. Um, they lost Corey Perry and they're just going to find a way to get it done systems wise. Uh, not going to score a lot of goals, but uh, they've got that experience. And I don't see them getting kicked out of this, uh, out of this thing. So uh, Dallas number three. Dallas number three for me as well. Um, they play with enough structure night in night out to be competitive. Rick Bonus will urge them to play like that, especially missing Tyler Sagan. They may not score as much, but I think that back end led by Miro Heiskanen will do enough, as well as the fantastic goaltending of Anton Kudobin. Um, up front, I think Gurianov and Heinz have breakout seasons, and I think that does a lot to displace the offense they're losing in Sagan and Perry. Um, it's going to be a bit of a, you know, offense by committee, you know, kind of what we're used to in Dallas. No big leading goal score, but I think it'll be enough with that strong goaltending, with that strong defense to finish in that third seed. So Dallas three. All right. Well, if you guys remember our draft show, I do like to take a gamble. So at number two, I've got the Tampa Bay Lightning. Nice. Um, mm-hmm. I I like their team, but I think Kucherov will be missed. I don't think there's a, another player on their team who can step up and fill that type of production. And in a division where every point matters and there are teams that are going to be physical on them, uh, players like Point and Sorelli, who are a little undersized but play a solid two, two-way game, may not be able to get the offensive production that they need to replace Kucherov. Uh, Vasilevsky still finishes as a Vezina finalist. And Hedman is a Norris finalist, but I have them finishing second in this division. Right on. I'll go with the safe pick, uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, obviously really great on defense. I think they've got about average goaltending. Uh, Svechnikov becomes a 90-point star. I see him taking a step there. Uh, I think him and Aho will develop a really good uh, love story between the two. And I think they're going to become one of the best duos in the league. Uh, And then just a lot of like analytical darlings on this team. So it's not a team I'd watch, but uh, they'll do well regardless. I'm with Kyle. Carolina finishes second. Um, They play too consistently uh, from an academic, sorry, from a uh, analytic perspective to struggle Uh, forwards and defense. It's like they work in perfect harmony. They just know how to get it done. Uh, the Corsi percentage will be sky high as always. And Svechnikov will have another great year along with Aho. 
and the defense will be stable as always. The big question mark, goaltending, that's why I can't put them first. Um, I, I like Michael's take, but I just don't have enough faith in Peter Morazic and James Reimer to be a number one seed. I, I, I said it before at the offseason. They needed to improve at that position. Um, they did nothing. I don't know what Tom Dundon, the owner, was thinking, but um, we'll see how this gamble goes. I think it's going to come back and bite them in the postseason, but I think they'll be just fine here for the regular season. So Carolina, two. So I've got Carolina one, and I think I could go on and on about why I think they're going to win this division. Um, I love Sebastian Ajo. You've got a list of talent, Andrei Sveshnikov, Tovo Teravainen. Uh, Jordan Stahl as your second-line center is unreal. Uh, Nino Niederreiter is a great two-way player. Um, Martin Nikash is going to just take another step forward. Uh, on defense, you've got Pesci, Slavin, Dougie Hamilton, Brady Shea, um, Jake Bean, I think, is going to be playing in the NHL level, uh, so it'll be exciting to see what he can do. I agree that there's question marks in goal, but I think that Jack Adams winner, Rod Brindamore, will take this team to number one in the division. Nice. I'll make it simple. Oh, by the way, Mike, you just missed a snipe of the century from Patrick Line in overtime. Game over. <laughs> uh, Tampa Bay, we've got uh, – they're going to be dominant – I'm not going to say too much here. They're going to miss Kucherov a very minimal amount, and uh, they'll be just fine. Just fine. Pains me to say it, but phony lawyer will Fuck. get his team to the top. Honestly, I, I can't really hate him as much now that he's won the Stanley Cup. Like I, He's, he's basically shoved it in my face. He is a one. Yeah. So I, I'm defeated. And I cede defeat to John Cooper, and he can lead his team to first seed. That, that's fine by me. So, uh, John, good for you. It took me four months to accept that and to uh, thank you, or I guess to just congratulate you. But if you're listening to this, your team will be the first seed. You're too deep, even without Nikita Kucherov. And uh, you'll have an easy time. And for the most part, it is a misfit division. So good on you. And enjoy your first place finish. Indeed. Is that it, boys? Yeah. Wow. What a slog. <laughs> sure was. All right. Sure well, was. Michael's got to get to watching tape between Minnesota and L.A., <laughs> Uh, Kyle's got to go scramble and watch this Nick David hat trick. I'm sure he would like to see these highlights. That's right. And I got to go find out if, if Robin Leonard's been popping pills again. <laughs> this is, this is not good things I'm seeing out of Anaheim. Oh, my I don't know God. what the hell's going on. You didn't see this coming on uh, my tandem. My elite tandem is getting lit up in game one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so something, something's got to change here. I got to find out what the hell the is up to. Um, so without further ado, uh, we thank you for tuning in to our third annual, uh, NHL divisional preview. 
We hope you enjoyed. We have stock. We've ridden it here in the record. Pints will be awarded to the winner, <laughs> as always. And uh, yeah, that does it for us. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, you'll hear back from us in another couple weeks to review what the hell happens in the next 14 days. And um, until next time, thank you for tuning in. And good night. Good night. <laughs>